Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Yes, I should have preached last week, uh, but I was, as they say, laid on a bed of sickness, which uh, wasn't very nice, I can tell you. I thought we'd go a little bit up market this morning. Normally it's jeans, waistcoat. I did get a text from Paul Oliver last night asking me what I was wearing, and I said, well, you'll not top this because I'm wearing my suit. Uh, So that's why I'm looking a bit uh, dapper this morning. It's not because it's Mother's Day. Right, uh, we're going to start by looking at a video, and then we'll look at what... It's understanding the gospel. Terry's topic last week was sharing the gospel, which obviously I should have spoke before him, so it's the other way around. So God's obviously got a purpose. So we're going to watch a couple of videos, and then we'll get into God's word. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its stories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good, the design, and the glory of God, its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, health to the soul, and a river of pleasure. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. Pray it in, read it through, live it out, and pass it on. And besides, it's so boring in our day. Why would I want to read the Bible? <laughs> Quit your jibber jabber. You ain't smart, you pathetic. Ah. If I ever catch you preaching like a crazy fool again, you're going to meet my friend Pain. The Bible, read the word. Ah. Two extremes, I think you'll agree. But what is the gospel? 
understanding the gospel? Well, we say it many times, it's simply good news. It's good news, and good news is to be shared. We say it again, from a platform, in private conversations, we love to share good news. It's a natural thing. We share good news when we receive it. Now, thinking about Wednesday, I wonder who's, I wonder who's good at quizzes. Anybody? Hands up. Who's quite competitive in a quiz? I'm quite competitive, but I wonder what would be our, our best subject. I know for myself it would probably be football uh, or any other kind of sports, maybe films, maybe uh, picture questions. I'm normally pretty good at those. But what's our best topic? What's our best subject? Uh, what about if we had a Bible quiz? I wonder if we'd be as good. I wonder if we would be on the ball, as it were. How is our Bible knowledge? I'm sure for all of us, it could be a lot better than what it is. Who likes reading? I'm sure lots of people like reading. Read biographies, we can read thrillers, we can read novels, we can read love stories. But this book has them all, every single one. It tells us what God has done, it tells us what God is doing, it tells us what God will do, and we can read the greatest love story, the greatest sacrifice, the greatest call to action that we will ever read in this book. A shut or closed Bible is of no use. It needs to be open. Understanding the gospel. It's a really good question. We've seen the video which in two minutes, less than two minutes, kind of captivates everything that we need to know about the Bible. It sums up everything that the Bible offers. It sums up all the promises that are ours, if we want them, if we claim them. So where do we start? Well, the morning, I want us to start with the word faith. I want us to look at some of its meanings. Simplest meaning, faith means loyalty, fidelity. Faith is enduring loyalty. Faith also means belief. It's a conviction that something is true. Faith can sometimes simply mean the Christian religion. Faith can even mean or be the equivalent to indestructible hope. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith can also mean a total acceptance, an absolute trust, in fact, it's betting our life, if you like, on God. We see so many people these days, they drift along to the betting shops, think I'll put this bet on, that bet on, sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. I would hazard a guess they lose more than they win. But so many people these days bet their life and stake their life on so many things that will only fail them. Faith is being sure that what Jesus said was true. Faith is about staking all eternity on that assurance. Somebody once said this, I believe in God, and even if I woke up in hell, I would still believe in him. It's a bold statement. But faith begins with receptivity. Faith begins with being willing to listen. Faith begins with being willing to hear. Faith is a bridge, if you like, that gets us to where we're going it gets us to where we want to be. We understand the gospel, I would say, through the cross. St. Augustine, I think, said, we believe in order to understand. 
So why read the Bible? I think it's quite simple, really. I think we read the Bible to understand it better. Why? Well, I would suggest because the Bible has influence. And when reading it, we can ask any question. Any question we want to ask, we can ask. What does it say? What does it mean? What does it mean for us today? What can we learn? What does God say about it? What does God say about God? What does God say about man? What does God say about the world? What does God say about the church? What does God say about specific times? Can we fully understand the gospel? At times, maybe not. How do you understand? Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. But here's how. When we experience the power of what is contained in this book through his Holy Spirit, we begin to stand on some of the promises for us. We only then begin to understand by reading, by listening to what the word of God is saying to us through his Holy Spirit. We have to act to experience. We need a healthy diet. This Bible is no good, as we said earlier, unless it's closed. Now, my son gets married in a couple of months, one of my eldest son. I've got four boys. For those that don't know, my eldest son gets married. So I've already been under clear instructions. Need to lose a bit of weight. Got to look good for the photos. You know, 50 now, the belly's coming out a bit. Uh, and unfortunately, I got a bit of a hand last weekend uh, with being so ill. I've lost a stone in a week, can you believe it? So I've got a good start. Uh, but I need to look good for the photos. So what I've got to buy into now is healthy eating. So the biscuits, the cakes, when they're offered, I've got to turn them down. It's not easy, but I've got to be disciplined. I have to buy in to the diet in order to reap the benefit, in order to look the part on the photos, in order, well, I don't think I'll ever see a six-pack again, but in order to get as close to the six-pack as what I can. Unless I buy into that diet, it's a waste of time. So why do so many of us struggle to understand the gospel? Well, it's simply this. We don't eat enough. We don't eat enough, myself included. It's probably because part of it is we're not programmed to think or understand the way that the Bible tells us to think and understand because what we are programmed to do is the world's way the world's way is think about number one that's what's important the bible tells us totally different the bible goes against the flow it's about others it's about god being first it's about sacrifice it's about giving it's about being committed it's about being willing and when you experience jesus and read his word then and only then will you begin to understand and grasp it because it changes you. It changes you from the inside out. It changes your character. It changes who you are. It changes your mind. It changes your heart. It shows in your actions. Or dare I say it, it should show and change your actions. It should, should be demonstrated. When we read the Bible and are open and receptive to change, it will come. It's not always about fully understanding the gospel but it's about the impact on your life and how it has moved you and how 
it has changed you. We need to remember it's a race. We're in a race. And that's why we need to keep reading. It's good exercise to read the Bible. It's good practice to read the Bible. Someone once said, it's not a 50-yard dash, it's a marathon. So, unfortunately, all you hunky guys, it's not about the muscles, it's about the endurance. It's not about the muscles, it's about the endurance. As Christians, we can have an expression of faith, but not fully enjoy the benefits. We can know that things are true, but God's change does not always meet that knowledge. And here's another thing. Don't wait till you're perfect or don't wait till you fully understand this book. Because I would reckon that will never happen. We'll never be perfect. We'll never fully understand everything. We can come to church each Sunday. We can get excited as we have today. Uh, Throw away comment. Perhaps about the sermon, maybe. Uh, Perhaps about the church. Perhaps about the worship perhaps inspired by our friends here this morning. Yet nothing changes. We're excited on a Sunday, but then nothing changes. We've got to get the mix right. We have to take what we read, what we hear, and mix it with what we say and what we do. Faith is not an emotion. It is a choice. It is a decision to stand on God's word. Now, when I was a lad... Sunday school was a big thing. And we used to sing a chorus about a wise man and a foolish man. And of course, the wise man built his house on the rock and he stood firm. The foolish man built his house on the sand and it fell. When the rains came, when the storms came and battered. Faith is simply belief in action. Said in the video, pray it in, read it through, live it out, pass it on. In effect, the gospel is washing people's feet. Now, I don't know about you, feet are not very pleasant things. Are they? Certain people don't like feet, but they're not very pleasant things. I suppose you could say they're okay if they're clean and they're washed, but some people are unable to wash their feet, or some people may have diseased feet, whatever. But simply, the gospel of Jesus is washing feet people's feet regardless of how they smell what they look like that is the gospel of Jesus so today have we experienced the wonder of the gospel the Bible teaches and preaches not a program it's not a program it doesn't teach a program we will not read about program in the Bible but it's a person And that person is Jesus Christ. And as a church, that's what we need to do. We need to preach Jesus Christ, who is an integral part of our program as a church. We need to be built on him. What we sing, what we hear on a Sunday, we practice on a Monday. What a challenge. I think Terry spoke last week and he was saying about how easy it is when we're all together. But then when we're standing alone... You know, it's a different kettle of fish sometimes. Being receptive brings about action. Personally, it's easier to do what's right when you're totally in tune with God than when you're not. 
We get in tune with God by spending time with him through his word, through worship, through communion with him and with each other and through prayer. I think I shared it once in our house group. If I am totally in tune with God and I'm flicking through my television channels and something comes on that shouldn't be on, I instinctively switch it off. But if I'm not fully in tune with God, I am more likely to leave it on. That's why it's important that we're in tune and we read the Bible daily. By trying to understand the gospel, we become disciples. And as true disciples, we want to improve. We want to get better at anything we do. A professor who became a Christian puts it like this. Before I was a taker, I took from the world for my own selfish purposes. But as a Christian, I try with every action that I have to give love, hope, faith, joy, and peace. Sometimes more successfully than others. So he's not saying he's perfect. But what he's saying is he tries to do the right thing. Disciples is what we want to be. Disciples, as disciples, we want to get better. We want to improve. Disciples model godly character. The reality of what they believe is seen in the way they behave. The best argument they can make for the existence of God is simply the example that they set. Disciples minister grace and love. They make it their business to demonstrate God's gracious and loving heart by their attitude, their actions towards the people around them. Disciples make good workers. Whatever they're doing and however seemingly menial the task may be, they do it to the utmost of their ability as a way of serving others for God and blessing others. Disciples make culture. In other words, they change things for the better, helping to create a healthier social environment by their encouraging words, their positive attitude, their openness and honesty, and in countless other ways. Disciples are messengers for the gospel. They are not afraid to share their faith, speaking about Jesus in ways that are natural, appropriate to the situation, and respectful to those who don't share their faith or their convictions. And finally, disciples are mouthpieces for truth and justice. They stand up and speak for what is right, particularly when there is injustice and oppression towards the poor and the powerless. Now, I brought a friend along this morning. Don't be too loud because, you know, don't want to up, uh, upset him. But I brought along this morning my pet. For those that didn't know I had a pet, I have. And it's a pet goldfish. <laughs> See? His name is Goldie. My pet goldfish. Okay? That's my pet goldfish. That's my, no, it's a what? Should have gone to spec savers, I like it. These, these are spec savers as well. It's not, it's not, it's not a goldfish. Oh, right. 
So it's definitely not a goldfish. Well, you see, there's a lesson for us there, isn't there? Just because it's in a goldfish bowl doesn't make it a fish. Just because, here's the challenge to me as well, just because we're in church doesn't make us a disciple. Doesn't make us a Christian. We're told in Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. There's an old Salvation Army chorus that says, to be like Jesus, this hope possesses me. In every thought and deed, this is my aim, my creed. To be like Jesus, this hope possesses me. His spirit helping me, like him I'll be. We need a daily filling of the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, why do we need a filling of the Holy Spirit every day? Why do we need to read the Bible every day? Because, as I think I'm right here, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth who said, we need to be filled daily with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we leak. We leak. So as much as we're filled, stuff leaks out. Hence, we get to why I'm wearing my suit. I hate wearing suits, as my wife will tell you. Okay? But this is why we get to the suit. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I came this morning, you thought, how smart does Paul look? But on the inside... (laughs) It can be the case. I am from Yorkshire, but it's not the full Monty, okay? But it gets the message over. Yeah? Man looks at the outward appearance. We can easily come along every Sunday. We can play the part. We can look the part. We can say the right things. We can do the right things. But we get out on a Monday and we're totally different. We get out on a Tuesday, we're totally different. We go through the rest of the week. Then we get back to Sunday. Oh, we need to fix back in that mode. It's not a one-day fix. It's an everyday life that we need to be living And we need to be filled daily because, again, we leak. Galatians 2.20 reminds us, It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that live in me. How we used to live, how we live now. Is there a difference? Have we grown? Do we grow daily? When we feel the presence of God in our lives, then we will make his presence felt in the church then we will make his presence felt in our local communities. Then we will make his presence felt in our workplaces. Then we will make his presence felt in the world. His presence draws, it brings people in. His word becomes flesh through us doing the things we're meant to do. That's how the word of God becomes flesh in today's society. Again, we've seen an example this morning. If you want to find a new direction in your own life, then stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at your own life. And instead, look to God. Look to his word. Look to the promises that he offers. The world looks in so many places, even we ourselves sometimes, and we're never going to find it. We know where to find 
what we need to find. We need to look to God. So, in a nutshell, understanding the gospel. I would say, understand this about the gospel. It's physical. It's relational. It's spiritual. It's biblical. It's Jesus-focused. It's practical. And it's real. And we're going to finish where we started. We're just going to watch the first video again, just to remind us what that said. Thank you for listening. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.